Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I'm Adam Brooks in Limehouse. My pronouns are he and him. I'm the officiant today. Wes is one community unified across time and space, gathering for these Sunday platforms to affirm our values and commit to a better world. So I want to welcome those of you who are here in the hall, those who are watching now on Zoom, and those who are catching the recording later. If you are on Zoom, please check the chat for a welcome and various tips from Joe Klein, today's Zoom chat usher. If you're here in the hall and would like to have an assistive listening device, please ask the sound team at the back. A special welcome to our visitors today. We'd love to get to know you and answer any questions you have. To get on our email list, you can fill out the connection form at tiny.cc forward slash westconnects, or send an email to wes at ethicalsociety.org. We only use the information to communicate directly with you, and we do not share any of your contact information. If you're here in person, we invite you to stop by the welcome table after platform. I'll now check the Zoom chat to see who is saying hello. Let's see. Oh, wow. Lots of people online today. Marsha Gould from, says hello from Minnesota. Rajesh says hi, everybody. Alex just says good morning to all and hi to Rajesh. It appears to be all, but there's a lot more text. So it is good to connect and to share this time together this morning. Opening words this morning come from Joan D. Chittister, a Benedictine Dunn and co-chair of the Global Peace Initiative for Women. Hospitality is the first step towards dismantling the barriers of the world. Hospitality is the way that we turn a prejudiced world around one part at a time. The opening song this morning is Enter, Rejoice, and Come In, performed by the West Choir. Chorus, chorus.
have to recover a little bit from that kazoo. Each week we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. You are interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose. You can sign up at tiny.cc forward slash read SOP. You can read it here in person or make a recording that will be included in a future platform. Today's reader is Shirley Storms. Good morning. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you so much, Shirley. As Shirley lights our community candle, I invite everyone to join in our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and a fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. So now we're gonna go a little bit off script. Previously, West has had talented members generously contribute a single piece of art for each monthly theme during the program year. Now, in keeping with September's theme of welcome, we want to mix it up and welcome everyone in our community, young and young at art, professional or amateur, to make and display art at Wes. If you'd like to contribute. You're good. If you'd like to contribute a piece of art or teach an art class, please contact Laura Desculio at L. Shula, Laura Shula. I get it wrong every time. L-D-I-S-C-I-U-L-L-O at gmail.com. This piece will be displayed here at West, along with other pieces of art that are currently outside in the uh, main hall, in the, out there, uh, on a table. Uh, a number of pieces are also for sale. That's it? That's it. Mm -hmm. Mike, right here. Also, we're encouraging people from the West community each month to um, submit artworks of their own on the theme. It doesn't matter if you're a professional artist or an amateur, just if you have something you'd like to contribute, you can submit it to the art team. And now I'd like to invite Indara and the children of West to come up. Um, I think it's, I think it was Donna. It was, I think it's Donna's book.
Thank you so much, y'all. Okay. Give everyone a moment to get settled again. Now that we've gone off script and we can come back a little. Let us now enter into the centering time of our platform. Each week we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today I am particularly mindful of the victims of Friday's earthquake in Morocco. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us open our hearts to compassion for those who suffer. Yeah. Anyway, I'll let you go. But okay. Yeah. I, okay. Point, um, Got it. Thank you. And let so us commit ourselves to the work. I'm love. I'm working on coffee. Okay. Taking up the library. And I'm, I'm, I'm gonna turn this on to my speaker. Sit comfortably where you are, your back straight, or if sitting is physically difficult, feel free to stand or to lie down. Notice how your body accommodates each breath. Settle in. Turn your focus to your heart. Feel or imagine your beating heart with gratitude and warmth. Call to mind a person whose steady love touches your heart in a special way. Allow yourself to experience their loving kindness as if they were right near you, happy for your presence and grateful for you just as you are. Notice how this image eases your body and your mind. Relax into this warm feeling of connection. Keep it simple. Allow thoughts to arise and evaporate and come back to your heart. Now, let's put this loving kindness and warmth that you are receiving into words. Please repeat after me. May I be held in loving kindness. May I be happy and safe. May I be healthy in body and in mind. May I always have enough. May my heart know peace. Next, bring to mind someone who means a lot to you, someone in whose presence you can relax and be fully appreciated for who you are. Give them the gift of your loving kindness. Please repeat after me. May you be held in loving kindness. May you be happy and safe. May you be healthy in body and mind. May you always have enough. May your heart know peace. Finally, include as many people and animals as you can in your well wishes, happy or sad, loved or neglected, in good health or in poor health, 
in all stages of life, without making a particular effort to envision them separately, simply maintain awareness of the presence of all of those beings who share your planet and send them your wishes with a sincere and tender heart. Please repeat after me. May we be held in loving kindness. May we be happy and safe. May we be healthy in body and mind. May we always have enough. May we may our hearts know peace. Continue our meditation in silence and in the music that follows. Today's readings are excerpts from Paulo Freire's essay, Cultural Action for Conscientization. In this essay, which is part two of Cultural Action for Freedom, Freire claims that liberation is impossible without liberators recognizing the oppressed as active agents who must transform their world. As a note, when Freire was writing this essay, it was in the context of enormous right-wing violence in South America and Latin America. Uh, so it is in that context that he speaks of the right. The right, in its rigidity, prefers the dead to the living. 
the static to the dy dynamic, the future as a repetition of the past rather than as a creative venture, pathological forms of love rather than real love, frigid schematization rather than the emotion of living, gregariousness rather than authentic living together, organization men rather than creative and communicative language, and slogans rather than challenges. It is indispensable for evolutionaries to witness more and more the radical difference that separates them from the rightist elite. It is not enough to condemn the violence of the right, its aristocratic posture, its myths. Revolutionaries must prove their respect for the people, their belief and confidence in them, not as a mere strategy, but as an implicit requirement to being a revolutionary. The revolutionary project is distinguished from the rightist project, not only by its objectives, but by its total reality. A project's methods cannot be dichotomized from its content and objectives, as if methods were neutral and equally appropriate for liberation or domination. The revolutionary project is engaged in a struggle against oppressive and dehumanizing structures. To the extent that it seeks the affirmation of concrete men as men freeing themselves, any thoughtless concession to the oppressor's methods is always a threat to the revolutionary project itself. Revolutionaries must demand of themselves an imperious coherence. Our platform speaker today is Wes's senior leader, Casey Slack. Thank you, Adam. Whoa. You don't get to see everybody from slightly behind that curtain. I can only see from like here over. And you all just filled in over here. That's beautiful. Welcome. Welcome, whether this is the first time you've ever been here or you've been coming here longer than I've been alive. <laughs> Welcome, if you had never heard of ethical culture before today, last week, right now when I just said it, or if you were raised in this, if this is your home, like it is becoming home for some small people right now. Will you uh, indulge me in a little experiment as there are so many of us here today? Will you either raise your hand or stand up, whichever one feels better for you, all of you, because you're here right now. Let's say, I'm here, okay. <laughs> now, if this is your first time here, go ahead and put your hand down. Uh-huh, okay. If your first time here was in the last year, go ahead and put your hand down, okay. In the last five years, Okay, how about in the last 10 years? Okay, 20, 30, 40, 50? <laughs> Can we go further? 60, 70? Okay. <laughs> 
this is a community of about 80 years of age itself will celebrate 80 years next year. Someone whose first time was in the last 70 years speaks to some real longevity here. And the number of people whose hands went down in that first five years, even just today, speaks to a future, speaks to something that is still becoming. So can you all give each other a round of applause for choosing to show up today? Choosing to show up is a big part of what this thing we do together is about. It is a big deal in a society like ours to make the decision to be together, right? To wake up on Sunday morning, even if you don't get up that early during the rest of the week. Sidebar, Caitlin and I do not get up this early during the rest of the week. I rock a solid 10 a.m. bedtime the rest of the week bedtime. I talk for a living. Um, <laughs> I rock a solid 10 a.m. wake up time most days, and if it's not that, it's later. So this 10.30 thing is, is an experience for me too, so I really wanna thank you for getting out of your bed this morning and choosing to be here. I know some of you come from pretty far away, and that takes a lot of intention and effort to get here. I know that being the new person, even if you're one of several new people on any given day, is really scary. I've been new. I was new here pretty recently. <laughs> for those of you who are new, I have been Wes's senior leader for a little over a year. So you're new, I'm new, we're all new together. Everybody is new to me. It's all happening. It's fine. We're learning how to play music on our seats. <laughs> it's great. We got a rhythm section brewing over here in the corner. Beautiful. So this month's theme is welcome. And what a day to do some welcoming. This is our opening Sunday. We live in a context where the tradition is that people are on vacation and doing other stuff in the summer, and so summer is a little lighter on attendance, summer is a little less populated, and then the summer is over, kids are back in school, and we are back, and whoa, we're back in a big way today. Not only are there lots of people here, but there's coffee. <laughs> And eventually that coffee might even be caffeinated, not today. Uh, <laughs> so we're talking about welcome and what it means for a space to be welcoming. And this is different depending on what kind of space it is, right? Welcoming someone into your house is different from welcoming someone into your favorite local park is different from welcoming someone into your wedding venue, is different from welcoming someone into a school or a congregation. Different places call for different kinds of welcome. I ask people to take their shoes off in my house, but not in our congregation, because they're different places and we don't all need to have our shoes off. That seems like a bigger problem that is worth to me. But what 
kinds of welcome do we need the most in this space? What does it mean to be a community that is welcoming? I have broadly three big points today. One is that to be welcoming, we need to think about people before they get here. I have colleagues who call this preemptive radical inclusion. I call it remembering that other people exist. <laughs> Second, we have to recognize that every person who enters changes the fabric of this community. Because when what truth is doesn't come top down, each person's perspective changes how we all think. And each person's energy changes how we live together. You have coffee today, for example, because Ruth, who has been here for under a year, decided that it was time for there to be coffee and showed up and made it. You have the possibility of making a big change to what things are like here just by bringing your energy. That is my second point. My third point, I'm gonna get into all of these a little more, but I'm laying out an outline, is that in order to be welcoming of someone else, you have to first be welcoming of yourself. That one's pretty hard, so we're gonna get to it last. But so let's start with thinking about what people might need before they get here. We've done some of that work. We've talked about this before, right? We have an elevator. So if you are not someone who moves well on a Sunday morning, I am often someone whose hips are pretty tight. And when I get here, having the elevator to get upstairs is nice because my hips don't really want to do that. But if you're someone who uses a wheelchair or a walker, that's really important, right? If you're someone who doesn't hear so well, it's really important that we have assistive listening devices because that makes it possible for you to participate. Having Zoom is an important piece of accessibility because sometimes you cannot get out of bed. Sometimes you are sick in a regular way. Sometimes you are sick in an irregular way. Sometimes you are chronically ill, and who knows what that particular Sunday is going to be like. And sometimes you're in Montana, or have moved to Turkey, or... And this is still your community. So you deserve the ability to be here at a distance. We think about other people when we think about things like chairs, right? You want chairs, and this is complicated, you want chairs without arms because some of us have really wide hips and chairs with arms are actually painful. But some of us have a hard time standing up without an arm on the chair. So you also want some chairs with arms or nice people nearby who will help you get up. You want to think about people before they get here. One of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately is what it would be like to come here if you didn't hear so well, but not in the my eardrums don't work way, but in the I don't process auditory information particularly well way. 
I'm looking at my wife, I'm trying to get permission to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> my wife, this lovely creature over here in the corner, has an auditory processing disorder, often does not process things hearing them, and spends a large chunk of their life listening as I talk for a long time, uh, not only right now when you are paying me to do that, but at all other times of my life. <laughs> so one of the things that I've been learning is how do I slow down enough that there's time to hear what I'm saying. I have a lot to say all of the time. And as those of you who have been around will know, I'm kind of all over the map in my platforms. I try to draw an outline, but sometimes the spirit takes me, if you will. And then I have five million other things I need to say to you, and I'd like to say them in an amount of time that lets you get to drink coffee and hang out with your friends afterwards. I wonder what it would be like if we could figure out how to do auto-captioning, and the auto-captions could come up on our slides. I do not intend to say this as, hey, tech team, do another thing. You do so much, but I'm thinking about it. I think also about how in many of our, the UU congregations I'm familiar with in Southern California, you have everything printed in Spanish as well. Now, it would be hard to print everything in all of the languages spoken in DC. <laughs> that might be too high a bar. But what would it look like if we printed more of our stuff in at least Spanish? could probably pick another language or two. What would it look like, even just for one Sunday, to have someone do simultaneous ASL translation? We know, we know that there are many deaf people in Washington, D.C. Now, all of these things cost money and take time, so I am not saying, hey, what's wrong with us that we haven't done this yet? The limitations of resources are real. But here are some things that we could think about when we're thinking about welcoming people before they get here. We do some other things really well. When you get your name tag at the welcome table, you can also pick a pronoun pin. And folks have gotten pretty good at introducing themselves with their pronouns, at not immediately assuming that they know what your pronouns are by looking at you. Cool, love that, A plus. This is a space where if you come and you're single, people are not likely to bother you about it. If you come and you're in a couple, people are not likely to bother you about when you're having children. Right? Or if you come and you have a big fancy job, people are gonna be just as normal as if you have no job. People are pretty good about that stuff here. Not perfect, but pretty good. So while we're thinking and living together, let's imagine some people who might want to be here, who have needs that are a little different than the needs we're used to filling. 
preemptive radical inclusion or remembering that other people exist and are just as real as you are. I had a hilarious and very long conversation with my oldest brother this week. My oldest brother is 24 years older than I am. Uh, for those of you playing along at home, that makes him 59. My brother and I haven't known each other very well over the course of my life, shockingly. <laughs> he moved to Arizona when I was about three years old and only returned to our parents' house, our father's house in Ohio, maybe once every eight years. So I have not spent much time with my brother. But we finally had this chance to talk. And I was telling him what it was like for me growing up in my small hometown with our pretty intense father. And he said, it had never occurred to me that it might have been hard for you. And I don't say this to insult my brother, but if you don't think about other people's experiences, that it is difficult for other people will be a surprise. If you are busy thinking about how hard it's been for you, other people's lives will become difficult to see. So one of the practices of community is to work on seeing other people. I've been saying this a lot lately. Seeing people as who they are instead of who you assume that they are based on what they look like, how they dress, how they talk, where they work, what things they have and haven't read. Right? Remembering that other people are actually whole people. Okay, so my second point is about recognizing that every person who steps in this door changes this community. This is one of the places where non-theistic faith and bottom-up faith are really confusing especially to people who grew up in really traditional religious spaces where everything comes from somebody up here and gets pointed down. Now, if you grew up in relatively traditional Jewish spaces, you probably experienced more plurality than those of us who grew up in relatively traditional Christian spaces. That's just a fact. And if you grew up in a relatively conservative or traditionalist non-religious space, the idea that you might do religious space on the grounds of democracy is wild. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to this conversation with my brother again because he does not understand what I do for a living. Like he understands in that I'm sort of a minister and this is sort of a church and okay. But he has a lot of questions about Okay, well, what do you think about scripture? Ah, not a lot. Uh... Okay, so you're in charge then? Not really. Well, do you have a boss? 270 of them. And also none of them. I don't know, it's hard. <laughs> but he asked me a question about how we make decisions together. And I mentioned that we vote. And he looked at me. 
like the idea that you might join a community where you make decisions about how to live your ethical, spiritual, whatever life together by talking about it and then making it, that was outside of his frame of reference completely. And it's outside of a lot of people's frames of reference. I talk to clergy colleagues in more traditional faith spaces and they look at me like I've lost my mind when I tell them that the way we do our budget is that I propose one and then we all vote on it. Because this is something we do together. This is a project we are working on together, right? Some of us get paid to do some of the work. I love to be on a stage. So you put me here. Some of us are really, really good at designing logos and coming up with communication stuff. And so most of the time, we pay that person. Some of us can manage a building and know each and every person in this city. <laughs> Hello, Maceo. <laughs> I'll tell you. I never go anywhere in public with Maceo without running into at least one person that he knows. Maceo knows everybody. Some of us really know how to work with children. That's Indara. Indara just left the room. We all have different strengths, and people out here who lead on a volunteer basis all have strengths. Some people make a chorus happen. And then many other people also make a chorus happen by showing up and being in it. You could do that. Some people took an idea about art for our monthly themes and ran with it, and it is now something cooler than what I had even imagined when we started the conversation. Some people decided they wanted to get together and talk more about ethical culture. And that turned into something beautiful and educational that we are hoping to share with more of you soon. Some of you run an auction that is among the coolest events that I have participated in in congregational life. If you're new here, I really recommend that you stay around at least long enough for the auction. <laughs> I'd like you to stay longer, but the auction is really cool, and if you at least see that, I will feel like we have done something. But you all also have other things that you bring, and they all affect this community. Some of you come with big pain from another religious experience that you had in your life. Big, deep pain, because somebody told you that you could only be good if you believed in a really particular God and behaved a really particular way. Because somebody told you that being who you are was wrong, that loving who you love was wrong, that thinking for yourself and asking questions was wrong. 
back to my conversation with my brother. He was telling me about a Christian congregation that he was a member of. He lives in Arizona. And he was telling me about how he got kicked off of the sound team at his congregation. And I said, they could stand to lose a member? <laughs> you would kick somebody off of your tech team? I would never. Um, <laughs> And he told me a story about how one Sunday he was doing the audio mixing and a young woman with Down syndrome was up singing. And one of the ministers of this congregation, which I do not know the name of, but if I did, they'd be receiving a letter, told this young woman to get off of the stage. And my brother said, F that and put her back on the stage. He said, this is God's house, how dare you? And I said, yeah, we don't even believe in God like that. But if you want to sing, please. <laughs> and I can't imagine a size at which we wouldn't love your voice, no matter what you look like or how good your voice is. Because the point isn't, we're going to make an album and make lots of money. The point is that we're doing it together. So if you show up and we are doing something that to you looks like it is not in line with the stuff we say we believe, tell us. Because you get to. We want to hear your voice. I mean that literally in the context of singing, but also in the context of sharing with us who you are for real. Those of us who have been around a little longer, do not hear this as that your voice is not important. You still have insights and wisdom that we need. And be ready for it to be different. This is in fact, wisdom for everybody, everywhere, at all times. Be ready for it to be different, because the main thing that stuff does is change. The main situation of the world, right now especially, is it is not what it was yesterday. Here, you not only get to be, but are encouraged to be part of what it's gonna become. We have some beautiful memories of the things Wes has been for the past 79 to 80 years. And much of that is stuff that is being brought into the future with us. But that doesn't mean it's everything. It doesn't mean it's the only thing. You can change this place. We want to change with you. All of you. And that gets us to the really, really hard part. Right, which is before you can welcome anybody else, you have to extend welcome to yourself. The whole you, warts and all. The whole you, that is hard. We did that meditation earlier and it's kind of easy to say, yes, I deserve loving kindness. I it's easy to say those words, right? Harder to believe it. Harder to have lived your whole life in a society that says to you constantly, if you were 
10 pounds lighter. If you bought this car, if you looked like this, if you moved like that, if you had this job, if you had this house, if you had this skin tone, if you had this hair color, hair texture, then you would be worthy and valuable and good and friends. It is every time a lie. You are good and worthy and valuable right now, as you are. No matter what about yourself you're finding frustrating today. No matter how many times you've messed up. There's a song that we sing here sometimes and in UU spaces sometimes that is based off a poorly translated Rumi poem. We're not gonna get into that poorly translated piece right now. That is 12 other conversations. It's called Come Come Whoever You Are. And the part that is sung most often goes roughly, Come, come, whoever you are, wanderer, worshiper, lover of leaving. Ours is no caravan of despair. Come, yet again, come. But there's another piece to that song that we don't sing very often. When I was in seminary, we would sing this song constantly. It was the favorite song of my seminary. And it would get welling up. And you would hear someone break in. Though you've broken your vows a thousand times. You're going to make mistakes. You are not going to be your favorite version of you each and every second of each and every day. You will sometimes be the you who needs to lay on the floor and cry. You will sometimes be a you who is so angry. So angry that you communicate like an asshole. <laughs> I can say it no other way. You will sometimes be stubborn in your own way. Unwilling to let go of something that has brought you the comfort of stability for years. It'll be hard to get up and make yourself come to a place full of people who are, let's be honest, weird. <laughs> I say weird as a compliment, friends. I am weird. <laughs> it is difficult. You spend your week interacting with people, and if you're not retired yet, most of the time you're interacting with people because someone pays you too. And then to choose to come interact with people some more on Sunday morning? That's a, that's a hard challenge. That is a hard challenge for me. And this is my job. You're not always going to be the best version of you. You're not always going to make the best choice you can make. But as long as you woke up above ground today, or even if you woke up in the ground, but it was just a basement. <laughs> you get to make another choice. You're not stuck being who you were yesterday. You're not required to keep making the same mistakes just because you made them a lot of times before. 
You don't have to be who you were that time when you did not like how you treated the people around you. Earlier on in this conversation with my brother, which took like eight hours, <laughs> I could talk. Um, <laughs> earlier on, my brother used the phrase, the degradation of the American family. And I got activated. <laughs> I am sitting on the other side of the room. We're having a very loud conversation about banks and credit. And for some reason, my brother has moved into what I hear as homophobia. And I am sitting on the other side of the room with my wife looking at him like, excuse me? This is my house. It is not my house, it's our father's house. Um, <laughs> and I can imagine a version of myself that would have just flown off the handle. I know that my mother can imagine that version because she immediately grabbed my leg. <laughs> I can imagine a version of myself too that would have just swallowed that, would have said, all right, well, this is the pain that was required to be with my family and just ate it. That is also really bad for a person, it turns out. If you just swallow every time somebody hurts you, you're just gonna cause yourself a lot of pain. Don't run around the world swallowing every bit of damage other people do to you. So I did something different that I, and certainly my mother, was not expecting. I looked at him and I said, hey, pause. When you say that, what I hear is, is that what you mean? And it wasn't. That's the rhetoric, right? We live close enough to the machine that we know what the rhetoric looks like. But in Arizona, everybody talks like Fox News. <laughs> unless you really try, right? Everybody, my brother works at a machine factory that makes parts for airplanes for the military. His world is full of people who use these words and don't tell you what they mean or have conversations about why they've said it. He thought he meant the way that it is hard to care for a child if you get divorced. Oh the way that children are not paid attention to, that their emotional realities are not cared for, the way that we've become a society where two incomes is barely enough to raise a child. Sometimes you want to have multiple partners just to have enough money <laughs> to do anything. If I hadn't stopped, I would never have known what he meant. I would have gone on thinking that my brother, who I barely know, who lives in Arizona, has politics that hate me, believes that my marriage is detrimental to the fabric of society, and it turns out he does not believe that. Part of why I can do that is because I have found my own ground inside me. 
Now, I say found as if it's a one-time event. It is not a one-time event. It is a daily, hourly, sometimes minutely experience. But there is a home inside me where I know that who I am is good to be. And I know that who you are is good to be. So some of the first steps to being welcoming to anybody else, to being ready to be changed by the presence of other people. I was changed by that conversation with my brother and I am not done being changed by it. It was eight hours of conversation. There's a lot to process. But to be ready for that, to be ready to think about people before they get here. You gotta stop for a minute and remember that who you are matters too. That who you are is a whole person, a whole person, a whole person, not a fragment of a person in search of other people to make you whole. Broken, probably, but most of us are. Broken with gold poured into your cracks. And if the gold isn't there yet, friends, we've got it. We may not have gold, literally, but we have the love that becomes gold in your person, in your spirit, if that's the word you want to use, that becomes gold in your feelings because there is something in you fundamentally that is good, that matters, that is a changing truth, but a truth about who you are. And it deserves to be polished. It deserves to be loved and cared for. And you deserve to be welcomed as extravagantly as you would welcome a much-anticipated guest into your home. So that's the thing that I want to leave you with today. My very, very firm belief in your goodness, in the possibility of what each of these lights can do together. And I don't just mean our organizing potential, but I do mean that too. Thank you so much for being here, for having gotten out of your, I'm certain, cozy bed this morning and brought yourself here to see what on earth we were gonna get up to today. Yeah, that sounds like applause and I'm gonna take it. <laughs> Thank you, I'm glad you're here. Okay. Thanks, Casey. That was awesome. In a few minutes, we will have our community sharing time when you can write into the chat or share in person, right there, uh, what resonated with you in this platform. 
While we listen to today's musical response, you might prepare by reflecting on a personal experience or an activity at West that the platform brings to mind. Additional round of applause for Barry. Oh, 
This is the time that we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform or what resonates with our personal experience. For our online participants, I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or in the comments if you are watching the recording later. If you are here in person, you can come to the microphone here on the floor and share your brief comments. If you've spoken in recent weeks, consider leaving the space open for others. Let's start by checking to see what online participants have written in the Zoom comments. We apparently got the sound fixed so people can hear the band. I like to hear that. All right, so we'll turn our attention now to the commenters in the hall. Let's begin by saying your name and pronouns, and please practice the same kind of focus and brevity that our online commenters use so that others have a chance to share. Go ahead, Perry. Hi, Perry, he, him. Um, on the subject of the auction and things West does well, uh, I had the honor to serve on the search team, the search committee that found our new senior leader. And as we were going through the extensive documentation process required by the Unitarian Universalist Association for that search, we were advised to, because one of the things we wrote about Wes was that we take ourselves, we, we take the mission seriously, but not ourselves, and that humor is valued here. And we were advised that this was a big deal and not very common, and we should play it up. We should put that right at the beginning and we should give an example. So we mentioned that uh, a few years ago in the auction when the theme was superheroes to the rescue, that uh, the proceedings were interrupted a couple of times by the villainous biddler and mansplainer, and that we featured a couple of uh, short skits with our senior leader of the time, Amanda Poppy, as Batmanda. So one of the things that is welcome here is your sense of humor. I am Peter, he, his, him. Uh, so uh, I, I thought the platform today was wonderful. Casey has done a great job yet again. Uh, and uh, to just underscore that, uh, you know, we that what we do here is bottoms up, it's not top down. And the words that we have up here, where people meet to seek the highest, what that means is that we come together and we talk together, and from that is when we then, after those conversations, then we draw even our own conclusions. And so those conversations can change each of us as well as the community. Thank you. Hi, I'm Abby Dakin. My pronouns are she, her. Um, so <clears throat> when I first found Wes a long time ago, um, one of the things I was most delighted by is that I was raised outside of a congregation with a strong sense of uh, morality, which was all the things you shouldn't do. And when I came here to Wes, I started hearing messages about the things that you should do which was very welcome to me. And one of those was to think about relationships with other people as a um, primary ethical good. And 
In terms of new people changing the community, one of the delights for me about being here has been how much I have learned about what it means to put ethics in action when you're dealing with people who are not exactly like you, because, you know, that's surprising and in ways that are wonderful. Um, but it can also be very challenging. And <clears throat> to, uh, to Casey's third point, there have been times when uh, my reaction to some of this new information has inadvertently, um, you know, living my truth, bringing my whole self, has led to other people um, being hurt because the world is different to them than it is to me, and I didn't understand. And it's tough because um, it's very hard not to be, I found it hard not to be defensive. And um, I have learned, I have a tentative grasp that I have learned over the years on being able to feel like because I made a mistake, I'm not a bad, doesn't mean I'm a bad person, which is hard because the person I hurt was really actually hurt. And that's a real thing too, whatever I intended. But if I can hold the times that I've been best able to hold on to, this doesn't make me a bad person and talk about my upset about this somewhere else, I've been really more able to say to that person in that moment, oh my goodness, that I'm so sorry, help me understand. And um, sometimes it has been true that the people I've been able to take my own bewilderment and my own hurt because my own concern about whether I'm still a good person even though I made this mistake, sometimes I've been able to bring that to other people at Wes. But it is a challenge for us, I, in my experience, to be able to hear that within our community and nurture, nurture the process of learning. So I hope we get better at it. We already can do it sometimes, and I hope that we get better at it. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, Jeff here. Uh, so, Casey, you don't usually get up until about, you know, 10-ish or so on a Sunday, 9.30 or so. Um, on Sundays, as, is most, as well as most mornings, I'm usually up and rumbling around in the kitchen at about 6.30. Uh, you and I would not work in close quarters. It just, forget it. It just wouldn't work. But I, I do that because, at least on Sunday, I'm uh, an avid listener to a program on WAMU called The Hidden Brain. I don't know if anybody else listens to it. Yeah, perfect. Um, and it's an attempt to explain the reasons behind people's unconscious behavior, whether biases or any other thing. And particularly this morning, they were do, dealing with the, the inner critic, that little voice that gets on you whenever you mess up. You stupid fool. Why did you do that? You're always doing that. You'll never do anything you that. And I was thinking about a film uh, the film uh, Full Metal Jacket, where a an actor named Arlie Ermey plays a Marine Corps drill instructor. And he does that very well because that's what he did before he became an actor. He was a Marine Corps drill instructor at Paris Island, South Carolina. And my inner critic makes that guy look like a pussycat. I have been horrible. Uh, the, the, the actions and the thoughts delivered against me by me have been egregious. I wouldn't treat anybody else like that, but I do treat me like that. And it's not as bad as it has been. Um, certainly Wes has helped. 
but I look at it as like having a stain on a, on a favorite garment, you know, you spill red wine or you spill hot sauce and you know you're never getting the hot sauce out. And you can wash it and it fades a little bit. You can take it to the dry cleaner, it'll fade even more, but it's still there and you know it's there. And other people will pretend, pretend that they can't see it, but you know it's there and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, I can't, you know, certainly Wes has helped me a lot and uh, I can't wait to get down here, see what else you're gonna cook up literally and figuratively speaking. Thank you to everyone in the hall. Let's see if there are any more comments that have come in on Zoom. And I know they have been because I've been taking a look at them. Uh, we have a guest who did not name themselves in Zoom. Please make sure you do that so that we know how to identify you uh, here up here on the stage. Great platform and great singing. Uh, Hannah and Brennan say together, what a wonderful welcome back and platform. Thank you, KC, and everyone who made this morning happen. And Judy says to say out loud, KC, Randy says that your talk was very inspiring and he will make every effort to attend Sunday platforms from here on in and as best possible. <laughs> it's a personal message right to KC. Thank you to all who share their thoughts and attention. Just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at West, we split all undesignated gifts in the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. This month, we are pleased to support Dream Wakers, who believe that intelligence is equally distributed, but opportunity is not. They aim to close the opportunity gap for students from systematically under-resourced schools who research shows have significantly less exposure to professional role models as compared with their wealthier peers. The gap widens as students develop, resulting in profound educational and professional consequences. DreamWakers partners with 4th to 12th grade classrooms nationwide, prioritizing schools and programs in which at least 50% of the student body is eligible for free or reduced price lunch. Through interactive virtual sessions, DreamWakers connects professionals in a wide array of industries to classrooms across the country. Let's all take a moment to prepare to respond to the invitation's generosity as we are able to donate online through the Simple Gift system. Text an amount to 202-335-1885. You can go to tiny.cc forward slash westgives or click on give on our website, ethicalsociety.org. To know in person today, just place cash or check in the basket at the back of the hall on your way out. And as always, you can send a check by mail. Thank you for your generosity. We will now receive your gifts and the gift of music.
We have a visitor from afar. Just for I don't know. What's that? Oh wait, I think I, I think I can speak some of this alien. Okay, okay, go. All right, go, go, go ahead, a new friend. What did you need to tell us? is having its annual fundraising auction on Saturday, November 18th. And you are, of course, welcome to attend. Yes, there will also be uh, all of these folks here, too. Glabakana, glabakana, etum fo-u-u-u-dium? Oh, yeah, 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 there'll be lots of food and wine and entertainment, and a chance to bid on items and events and to raise money for Wes. Do auction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. It, it's, it is a hybrid event, so even if your friends are coming from way off and they can't make it that night, they can still participate. Ah, Oh, you're absolutely correct. The auction can't succeed without West members' donations. It doesn't work that way. We need your awesome items, store water handmade. Events such as game nights, brunches, or dinners. Items for gift baskets. Get creative. Make your donations now via the website. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Oh. Thank you so much for coming. We'll see you November 18th for a night when love and fellowship cross all borders. Be prepared for more of that. <laughs> A few things coming up in the life of our community. Tomorrow at 7.30 p.m., the Global Connections team will be meeting. On Tuesday, both the immigration team and Improv at West will be getting together. On Wednesday, 7.30 p.m., right here in the hall is the weekly chorus rehearsals. Finally, Wednesdays at West is being revived. Join us for a monthly social gathering and pasta dinner ahead of evening activities, including chorus rehearsals and financial literacy classes for youth. Check the news and notes for more information about our West groups and to RSVP to Wednesdays at West. Round of applause for Wednesdays at West. Again, if you are new to our community, please introduce yourself in person or via the connection form at tiny.cc forward slash westconnects or an email to west at ethicalsociety.org. After the closing words, please join us in the social hall for coffee or on Zoom. That's it for announcements today. As always, you can find information. Wait, I see somebody. No? Yes, maybe. Yes, we have a new form for visitors in the hall, thanks to Casey getting our paper materials revitalized after several years of them not changing. Thank you, Casey, for that. 
Okay, now, that's it for announcements today. As always, you can find information about Opportunities to Connect in the weekly news and notes email and on the calendar page of Wes's website, ethicalsociety.org. Thank you so much to the many people who helped create this morning's time together. Today's platform speaker, Senior Leader Casey Slack, and the West Chorus and their accompanists for the music. Staff members Indara Miles, Robin Kravitz, and Maceo Thomas. And of course, our platform production volunteers, the tech team members, slide artists, Zoom chat usher, and in-person greeters. I now invite you to join in our closing sing-along and closing words. And now for our closing words, let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment to a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you for all, you all for joining today's platform in person or remotely. We look forward to connecting with you again.